Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey friends, have you noticed that no matter how much yoga we do, we may still struggle in our intimate relationships? My husband and I have a great relationship, but we are not relationship coaches. And we know that yoga can and does help, but at a certain point, you need more relational support from a relationship specialist. If you're going through some kind of challenge right now in your relationships, my friend Jason Gaddis at the Relationship School can help. Jason's team will pair you up with a skilled relationship coach And within 48 hours, you'll be getting private one-on-one support on whatever you're going through relationally. And right now, for my listeners only, Jason is offering half off one month of relationship coaching. Head over to relationshipschool.com slash Laura to get the deal and watch your relationships improve. Good movement and welcome to Redefining Yoga, a lit yoga podcast which is designed to investigate all aspects of the modern evolution of yoga from my background as a physical therapist and lover of movement. My mission is to help everyone find freedom through smarter and safer movement patterns so together we can be uplifted, benefiting all beings. Welcome to Monday Motivation. Today's motivation is decoding low back pain. Low back pain is probably something I'm asked about more than anything. And I wanted to call this low back pain for dummies. Not that anybody out there is a dummy, but you know, those books, it's really just to really dissect and understand some of the origins of low back pain so that you can help yourself. So that if you are experiencing it, which, you know, something like 60, 70% of people are going to experience low back pain sometime in their lives. And some will have low back pain that continues, which is known as chronic low back pain. And it's really um, important to know that you can do something about it. You can improve it and, dare I say, can get rid of it and really live your life vibrantly and pain-free. Now, I have talked about um, the science of pain on other podcasts, so make sure you check that out because that'll give you more insight into what are the causes of pain. Pain is essentially an opinion the brain is having. And I'm often asked, how is lit yoga in particular helpful for low back pain? And I can't tell you the number of people who have come to me with chronic low back pain, acute low back pain, intermittent low back pain, who have literally said this has changed their life because it changed their relationship with that experience and, and feeling like they're going to endure low back pain for the entire life. And that's not a good feeling to have, you know, waking up, anticipating pain in your low back, sitting in a car for too long and knowing it's going to kill your low back, et cetera, et cetera. We don't want pain to influence our movement and to influence our choices we make in life. Like, 
can we go on a hiking trip with friends because our low back might not be able to handle it? Or can we go play with our kids or our grandkids and get down on the ground and get back up and walk with them or pick them up because we're not sure if our low back can handle it? So decoding how I believe lit yoga helps low back pain and how you can apply this in your own life. So low back pain is probably even more prevalent now because people are at home and they're probably sitting more. It just is happening because we are working at our desk. And we're not moving in a variety of ways as much. And that can impact the, the optimal alignment in our body and then therefore the optimal choices that our body is able to make for movement patterns. So in other words, imagine sitting at work and sitting, most likely you're not sitting upright all day. You might be kind of leaning on one side or another, you might be slumping back. All of those different movements or static positions are going to put some kind of compression on your spine. And the lumbar spine, like the cervical spine, which is your neck, is what is considered a secondary curve. And that means it is the curve that developed after you were born. So when you were born, you had what's called a primary curve. So if you imagine a little baby all curled up, or like a child's pose, for instance, that's mimicking that position of the embryo, that's your primary curve. So it's a rounded curve. It's called the kyphotic curve. Your skull has it. The back of your skull has it. The back of your thorax, your rib cage has it. And then if you go beneath the lumbar spine and above your tailbone, your sacrum has it. So those are the curves that are curving away from the body. When we start to pick up our head as a baby, we develop our first lordotic or secondary curve in our spine, in our, ne- in our neck. And that allows us to look up and look around so that, you know, you've seen those babies that are just kind of struggling to get their little heads up and they're like eating the blanket because they just can't get their heads to the ground. Well, we need that, that development of that cervical spine to balance the skull on the top of this um, spinal column so that we can move our head around and, and navigate the world. When we become bipedal, we develop the lumbar curve, and that's a matching curve to that cervical curve called lordotic, or the secondary curve, and that curve is going in toward the body. So it matches and balances the curves of the primary spinal part, which is would be, and again, the sacrum and the thoracic spine. So those different curves balance each other out. So looking at a, looking at a person upright It just looks like they have a straight spine with all the flesh and muscles around it. But if we were to look at the skeleton, we would see those natural curves are there. And those curves are what create the stability for us to be upright. If we just had a straight spine, that's not nearly as stable as having some curves. Because with those curves, you increase your center of mass and you increase the balance. It's not a straight line but it's opening up um, that center of mass. So it's you're more able to balance. So the lumbar curve and the cervical curve, being secondary curves, also tend to be more vulnerable. Because again, if you think of that primary curve, it was a protective curve. All actually mammals 
hold themselves in that little fetal position. And little mammal, non-human mammals will stay like curled up like that. And we're like the only mammal that um, puts these little uh, restrictive, uh, I don't know what they're called, like zipper up uh, restrictive clothes on the on the baby so that they're splayed on their back because of this fear of SIDS. And that's actually really going against our natural tendency to hold into that protective curve. Because if you think about it, that protection is protecting your viscera, the, the softness of your front body, your organs. And it's just a very um, natural wiring to do that. So those protective curves are going to be more stable. You can just think about that. And so they're probably going to be prone to more rigidity. And the cervical and lumbar spine are going to be more um, adaptable slash mobile and possibly prone to more over-mobility, right, and imbalance. So people might slump back in their lumbar spine and it's easier to do that. You can kind of slump into your thorax, and you can kind of arch it forward, but there's some limitations there because of the attachment that the spine has to the ribs. The neck, of course, has a huge range of motion, which we need, again, to look around us. But because we have that, we also have inherent vulnerability there. So only keep that in mind, not to feel like, oh my gosh, my low back is vulnerable, but to understand why low back pain might be more common, why neck pain might be more common, because you have more vulnerability to imbalance there. So with the low back, when you're not holding your low back in a neutral spine with honoring the natural lumbar curve, but not excessively. So when people talk about lordosis, it's usually a diagnosis that refers to excessive lordotic curve. So going beyond, arching beyond what is a natural curve there, the curve that goes into the body. If you really tip your pelvis forward and anterior tilt, you can feel, you can try it right now, just kind of rock forward on the sit bones. You can feel how that shortens and kind of compresses the lumbar spine because it's making that lordotic curve excessive, not balanced. Similarly, if I rock way back on my sit bones, I'm sinking back into that curve and I've taken out my lordotic curve. So we want our natural curves to be in place and that is considered a neutral spine. Neutral is a zone. It's not a, like, you got it. I always talk about it. It's a spectrum but is where you have the most surface area between two different vertebrae. So if I'm stacking the column of my vertebral column, the, I want the most surface area for the vertebra above and below so that transmission of energy is easy. If I start sliding in one direction or another, I I've, I've kind of stymied that energetic exchange and then think about it, if you're not getting that energetic exchange up through the bones and the joints where two bones come together, it will be taken in the form of a stress in the soft tissue around it. So the first thing I will say about decoding low back pain is, are you able to stand, sit, and then, dare I say, walk, hinge forward? 
move in a variety of planes, maintaining a neutral spine. A neutral pelvis is incumbent for that because that's the bowl from which the spine um, lengthens out of. So if your bowl is tipped, like I was talking about anteriorly or posteriorly, it automatically is affecting your spine. So you first have to go to that neutral pelvis. Always, always I'm asked, well, what is neutral pelvis? How do you find it? You can find it on yourself by taking your hands and putting your third fingers on either side of your pubic bone. So there's a left and right side of your pubic bone. You take the heel of your hand on the frontal pelvic points, which are known as your anterior superior like spine, which ASIS. And then the thumb is kind of coming together. So you're forming a diamond. And you want the two tips of the diamond where your third finger and thumb are to be in the same plane. So if you were to look down, they're pretty much in the same plane. And there could be like obviously some range, a small percentage of forward or backward. But in general, that is your neutral pelvis. And that's where the bowl of the pelvis is aligned in a way that sets up the hip joints to be in their most neutral, best position. And then the lumbar spine coming out of the sacrum to be in its most neutral position. So you have to first work on neutral pelvis and neutral spine. This will absolutely be the first step in helping with existing back pain or preventing back pain. So posture, posture, posture. When people say posture doesn't matter or posture isn't correlated with low back pain, I just can't agree with that because there might be other things that actually lead to the back back pain, but this is setting it up. This is the foundation that might set it up. And hey, I always say, why are we using pain as the absolute, you know, um, that's like a low bar to set. When I was talking about energy exchange, you want to unburden the work of the low back by stacking those joints in with the most amount of surface area so you aren't taking it into the tissues around it. Because then you might not have pain, but you might have, you know, a lot of tension and tightness there that will translate in some way to not less optimal movement. Maybe it'll direct pain up into your neck. Maybe it'll direct it down into your hips. Because this is the center of the body, that alignment is imperative because the energy exchange below and above it depends on that alignment of the pelvis and, and low back. So one other way, and I mentioned this in other podcasts as well, is you you find your triple S. You go up against a wall, you try and get your the back of your skull, the back of your scapula, and the back of your sacrum, which is below the lumbar spine. It's the fused set of bones that is above your tailbone. And you try and get some part of that on the back, uh, on, the, on the wall. And you might have some butt flesh in the way. Your neck might be um, in a forward position, which is that um, not aligned lordotic curve because we've been on our computers or looking down at our phones. But you, you want to try and get as much as you can to have contact with the wall. And then firm everything around your spine. Like, like I always say, imagine hugging everything around your spine and inside the bowl of the pelvis to stabilize that position and then try walking away and see how challenging that is to do. If you need to add like a towel or something behind your skull, behind your sacrum, because you can't get it on the wall, you can do that because we need feedback. So another way of really preventing low back pain or helping any existing low back pain 
is use feedback to help you understand alignment. Your brain might not actually understand it. You might think you are because you're like, okay, this is what Laura is saying, but use a wall, use the floor, lie on your back. We do this. So this is where lit helps. Every single class, we start with a reset. And that is to reestablish this neutral spine and neutral pelvis with the assumption that modern day life, sedentary living, technology, and lack of movement variability will lead to some imbalance around this very important central axis of our body. So we we start there and really learn how to find neutral, how to get the glutes working. Low back pain is highly correlated with weak gluteness. If you don't have your glutes firing well um, and you are moving, squatting, you know, you're running, you're walking, you're hiking, you will burden your low back. And that is just because your glutes aren't working and the things around it are going to work harder. Your low back will work harder to try and do the work of the glutes. Your hamstrings will work harder. Maybe your calves will work harder. Maybe all the way up the chain, your neck is going to try and work harder. So you want to hold the muscles all around the spine to help maintain the po- that position that feels like an inside hug. And these postural muscles are closest to the bones. They provide that needed muscular support to hold the aligned posture. So if you are somebody that has been having chronic low back pain or experiencing it, you need to do that kind of reset where you go against a wall or you go on the ground. And you can have, by the way, on your back, have your knees bent. So take that, um, when you have your legs straight out, you might be more likely to tip your pelvis. And, and do this one to two minutes several times a day to get that feeling of holding those internal muscles around the spine to keep it um, corseted. It's like imagine that internal corset squeezing and supporting the pelvis and spine to help it stabilize. That effort alone is going to provide some relief to the low back. I've had many people who just do that, and all of a sudden they're like, oh, yeah, my all of a sudden that doesn't feel as much in the low back because all of a sudden you've gotten some great, it's like you're getting an internal girdle working. What are some other things about the low back? Well, going up the chain into the neck, is your neck aligned? Are your shoulders forward? If you have, if you're working at a desk, if you're on in, the, in a computer, if you have a lot of breast tissue that is pulling you forward and rounding your shoulders, you're going to need to strengthen your upper back and the rest of the spine to counter that forward pull that then also can pull all the way down into the low back. In our reset, we work on core stability, which is going to include abdominals, glutes, back, and scapular muscles. So the scapular muscles being strong are going to hold, even if you have heavy breast, they're going to hold your shoulder and your thoracic spine in better alignment. And these, this is imperative for keeping the shoulders and the spine aligned. Now, what are some things that could possibly make the low back pain worse. And this is, you know, what we don't tend to do in our lit yoga because we go right to those deep muscles first. And then we start adding, you know, we do all the work on the ground because you're getting a lot of feedback from the ground. You're getting also support from the ground. So things that have large movement or added load can make pain worse, especially if proper form is not executed. So for example, if you are somebody that gets off work and goes to the gym and doesn't do a lot of kind of unwinding or or resetting from your 
sedentary job, and then you go right to squatting with a like a weight rack, and you're tilting your pelvis and thrusting with your back instead of your hips, you're going to probably create an injurious torque on your back. So you want to prepare. So the biggest thing you can do, if you do want to, I'm not saying don't lift weights, but boy, you've got to do do our reset. You know, go on Lit Daily and and take a class and see what we do. I have stuff on YouTube. I have free classes on my Instagram link. Try it out so that you really get to know how to better prepare the body because you're preparing the scaffolding from which you move. And when that scaffolding is strong and stable, you're going to be avoiding injuring it. Now, along those lines for low back pain or low back stuff, so I talked about posture. I talked about resetting your posture, your pelvis, getting into your deep core stabilizers, helping your your shoulders be in alignment and your neck be in alignment to to unload uh, the burden in the low back. The scapula stabilizers are huge. They're so often overlooked along with the glutes. The glutes are massively overlooked as being such key players that contribute to optimal posture. So as I mentioned, if the pelvis is tilting forward. So if you're kind of rocking forward on the sit bones, you're compressing your low back, more stress is placed there. But additionally, the glutes are not positioned to fire well. So when your pelvis is neutral, your glutes can be stronger and your low back will be protected and not compressed. Similarly, similarly, if the shoulders are habitually rounded, the scapula stabilizers, which are holding the scapula to give it support um, in the back at the rib cage, the scapula stabilizers are not working well in, in, in that habitually rounded position. So they need to be targeted to help the shoulders, again, remain in the more optimal alignment and, and counter the gravitational forces that are placed on us when, when we're sitting, standing, or moving in a variety of ways. So practice my lit style. I promise if you have low back pain, it will help you so much. We have lots of classes on there that can help with that. Or again, check out the YouTube actions, but you need to prepare the body through better alignment so that you're going to prepare the firing of the muscles to support your spine and pelvis. And then you can move in a variety of ways and you can add load, you can add strength training, you can add variety, and you can perform movement more efficiently and enjoyably and avoid or help your back pain. So I hope this helps you decode it a little bit. Don't be fearful if you have had little tweaks or you have some aches that just continue. Know that it is most likely something to do with your posture and your habitual patterns of movement and go, just go kind of go back to the basics of of what is the structure of the spine? How do I best support it? How do I hold it neutral? How do I hold it neutral when I'm hinging at the hips? How do I sit in my chair the best to support that? Get a lumbar pillow, sit right up on your sit bones and take frequent breaks, move around so that you're not letting kind of yourself go more, you know, slouchy and and putting some compression on the low back. If you have any questions, make sure you send them to me. You can find me on Instagram at laura.hyman and you can also send them to support at lityoga.com so I can answer specific questions if you're still unclear about how to um, decode and help any low back pain or avoid low back pain because I really want us all to live um, free of that low back uh, burden that so many people do experience. 
I hope this helps you today. And as always, I'm pulling for you. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.